As part of the Sustainable Development Goals, all countries have committed to ending malaria by 2030. Over 3 billion people, half of the world's population, are at risk of malaria. Most cases and deaths occur in sub-Saharan Africa, especially amongst children who are weaker and more vulnerable than adults. Hi, this is Karin Weiss and welcome to the Medicus Mundi Switzerland Health for All podcast. And today we talk with Julia Richter, the Executive Secretary of the Swiss Malaria Group. Together with her team, she organizes several online activities on the occasion of the World Malaria Day on the 25th of April. Despite the huge progress in the fight against malaria, every two minutes a child dies from malaria, which is an entirely preventable and treatable disease. In this episode, we talk about why Switzerland is dedicated to fight malaria. The efforts are even more important as incidences are rising due to the COVID pandemic and the disrupted services in prevention and medical care. Hi, Julia. I look so much forward to the next podcast series of the Medicus Mundi Switzerland Health for All podcast. This time, it's all about malaria. Welcome to this episode. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad for this opportunity. On the 25th of April, we celebrate the World Malaria Day. Why do we celebrate every year the World Malaria Day? World Malaria Day has been established by the World Health Organization in, in 2007. And it is an occasion to highlight the need for a continued investment and also for political commitment in the fight against malaria. And this day is reminiscent of the declaration of Abuja, um, which took place in, in 5th of April in 2000, where 44 heads of states decided on a historic strategic plan to fight malaria. And I think it, in this year, in light of the current pandemic, it is even more important to have this day to highlight the, import, the, the importance of a continued political commitment in the fight against malaria. Because obviously um, malaria has not just um, disappeared with the, with the current pandemic. It just tends to move out of public spotlight, um, such as other diseases than COVID-19. Malaria is transmitted by a mosquito called Anopheles a deadly disease which is preventable and treatable. Why does malaria impact so many lives? Thank you, Karen, for this question. I think this is an, an, an excellent question because when you think uh, uh, that a disease is actually treatable and preventable, uh, this inevitably raises the question of why do so many children die from this disease? And there are several factors of why it still does impact so many lives. And one is a biological factor. So the, there is a increasing resistance against insecticides and also against the anti-malarial drugs. This is one point. So this shows that there is a, a need for increased research and, and a need for investments in research so that we can stay like always one step ahead of the evolving parasite. This is one aspect. And the other aspect is, is of a political nature because uh, malaria response requires a lot of funding and uh, funding has um, plateaued since 2010 or has a, has a tendency um, to do so. And there is a, a lack of, of 2.6 
billion US dollars annually to provide the necessary services for, for malaria treatment. So this is a political decision and this also shows that awareness raising is so important. And this also holds true for, for social and economic factors because this disease is so closely linked to social and economic factors. Because, for example, access to health service is absolutely crucial uh, for fighting malaria because it, the disease needs to be detected and treated in, in order to prevent death. Malaria is one of the biggest killers in Africa. How can malaria be prevented? There are several different tracks to, to prevent malaria, but I think the malaria prevention um, has to follow a multi-pronged approach. So this, all these, these approaches have, have to be uh, unified and come together. But one way to prevent malaria is, um, and actually one of the most efficient ways, is uh, sleeping under a mosquito net. So insecticide-treated bed nets are one of the most important means to, to, to actually prevent malaria. Also, uh, residual spraying, uh, like the spraying of houses with the, with the insecticides. Then there, another possibility is anti-malarial medications for the prevention and the treatment of malaria. What I also mentioned is, is that it has to go hand in hand with the social and economic measures. So access to health services is crucial, absolutely crucial to prevent malaria, but also housing conditions um, to avoid people being bitten by mosquitoes. What is also a very important aspect is the early diagnosis and detection of, of malaria. So testing, access to tests can, can be actually, a, a, can make a difference of life and death because it needs to be treated early. More than half a billion mosquito nets have been distributed around Africa. These nets are the front line against malaria, a killer that still claims hundreds of thousands of lives a year. But starvation is another deadly and persistent foe, and many families are forced into making a horrible choice. Protect themselves from malaria or leave themselves totally exposed and use the nets to catch fish. According to statistics, every two minutes a child dies from malaria. At the same time, so many organizations, as you just mentioned, have conducted prevention activities, including distributing bed nets, which are highly effective in preventing mosquito bites in the night. Are families not using them? This is a, a question that is uh, not easy to answer because on the one, I mean, mosquito nets are, are, as you said, one of the most effective means in, in the prevention and control of malaria. And so there were many, um, many actors are involved, also Swiss-based actors are involved in projects distributing malaria um, uh, insecticide-treated nets, bed nets. I mean, the usage depends, heavily depends uh, on the acceptance of the communities involved. So, so there have been reports that people were not using the bed nets and were using them for other purposes, such as fishing nets. But when, when looking at it at a quantitative scale, it is only 1% of nets that are used for other purposes or that not actually used for, for the intended purpose. So um, from a quantitative perspective, this is a small amount of the millions of millions of nets that are distributed. But of course, it, it, this remains a problem that needs to be information and awareness raising um, that accompanies the distribution of, of bed nets. 
Let's talk about Switzerland now. Do we have malaria in Switzerland? Actually, this is a good question because what many people are not aware of is that malaria was a problem in Switzerland until, until the second half of the 19th century. So that there were environmental conditions such as swamps that were favorable for malaria transmitting mosquitoes. Today, to answer your question, today we do not have endemic cases in Switzerland, but this is mainly due to, to water course corrections, which have been done in the, in the, in the 19th century, but also to improved uh, housing conditions and hygiene that malaria has disappeared in, in Switzerland. The Swiss Malaria Group advocates for a malaria-free world. In Switzerland, we do not have malaria. So why does Switzerland engage in the fight against malaria? This is a good question. And I think, I think with the COVID-19, people are more aware of how it could be to lose a beloved person due to a disease. So this shows, I think the COVID-19 pandemics shows that there is an enormous need of international solidarity and cooperation with regard to the, to the fight of diseases. So this is one, one aspect of why Switzerland engages in the fight against malaria. Another aspect is that it is that malaria response is, is, an important contributor to reaching the sustainable development goals with regard, for example, to maternal health or infant mortality. And Switzerland has also a very strong commitment to human rights. And in this regard, the human right to health, very important. Obviously, this is also backed by very strong civil society. And the human right to health um, demands for accessibility and affordability of, of basic healthcare services, for example, which is obviously closely linked to malaria response. So this is also a reason why, why, why Switzerland is strong in the fight against malaria. Switzerland has a long, long tradition of, of scientific excellence in, in the fight against malaria. So there is, for example, the, the Swiss Tropical and Public Health Institute, which, which has been engaged in the, in the fight against malaria for decades, and which actually contributed a lot to understanding the, the biology of the parasite. And there is, of course, also the pharmaceutical industry, which contributes a lot to malaria prevention and control. And there are also um, product development partnerships, such as Medicines for, for Malaria Venture. There is an example of a child-friendly drug that has been developed by Medicines for Malaria Venture and, and Novartis. They develop anti-malarial drug, which is especially tailored for children. I mean, so many children are dying from malaria. It's actually two-thirds of, of all malaria deaths are children under the age of five. This is an example of Swiss engagement and, and why Swiss engagement matters so much in the fight against malaria. And another factor, of course, is that there are many Swiss-based organizations who actually implement projects in the field, anti-malarial projects in the field. There are many different aspects of why, of why Switzerland actually engages in the fight against malaria. <laughs> so this was a long answer to a short question. You are the executive secretary of the Swiss Malaria Group. What do you do? Uh, maybe maybe before before I say what we what our daily day to day work consists of, I might give you an an, uh, an idea of the, what the Swiss Malaria Group actually is, because that, that helps of understanding what what our work consists of. And the the, the Swiss Malaria Group is is uh, unifies Swiss actors that are engaged in the fight against malaria. So it is 
civil society organizations such as Terre des Hommes, uh, Medicus Mundi, and but also the public sector with the with the um, Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation, the pharmaceutical industries such as um, Novartis and um, and research, so the the academic. The, the academic institutions. So we have a, a lot of different stakeholders that are unified in this um, in this group, in the Swiss Malaria Group. And the goal is to, on the one hand, to pursue networking activities and uh, scientific exchange activities, but also to do public relations and to do um, advocacy work to show the Swiss public that the Swiss engagement against malaria matters and that this is actually something to be proud of, this, 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 this engagement of Switzerland in the fight against malaria. And also to the, the advocacy work is also to, to reach uh, political decision makers so to, to, to increase the political commitment in the fight against malaria. And To, to answer your question of, of our work in the secretariat of the Swiss Malaria Group, what we actually do is, for example, pursuing public relations work. So we are planning and implementing campaigns to show the Swiss public that, that Switzerland is strong in the fight against malaria. And we also pursue advocacy work to reach political decision makers, but we also do organize like platforms for exchange activities among the members, among the different stakeholders of the Swiss Malaria Group. On the 25th of April, we celebrate the World Malaria Day and you are planning a lot of activities. Why it is so important to celebrate it this year? It is very important in, in light of the current pandemic to, to, to continue this awareness raising for the need um, of a fight against malaria because we, we are living in the midst of a global health crisis with the COVID-19 pandemic, but malaria is an ongoing, has been an ongoing health crisis for, for centuries. So it's one of the oldest and deadliest diseases of mankind. And so I think... I think it is very important to highlight that there needs to be sustained investment in the fight against malaria. And what exactly is the impact of COVID-19 pandemic on the malaria prevention activities? Actually, it is difficult to give a comp comprehensive answer to these questions because we, we do not have much data on the actual impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on, on malaria prevention and control. The COVID-19 pandemic poses an additional burden to already fragile health systems and to health systems that, that now have to deal with a double burden of malaria prevention or other diseases such as HIV AIDS and tuberculosis and the COVID-19 pandemic. So this is, it, it is putting a huge burden on already fragile health systems. And another effect is that these plateauing trends of malaria financing that I've already mentioned is threatened to be exacerbated. There are also fears that lockdown measures and anti-COVID-19 activities will lead to disruptions in supply chains of essential medicines, for example, in, in the fight against malaria or also in the supply of mosquito nets. So malaria eradication programs have achieved a lot in the past two decades and we know a world free of malaria is achievable in the coming decades. And it seems that everything seems to depend whether the COVID-19 pandemic is a bump in the road or a U-turn in the fight against malaria. 
How do you see the current situation? I think one aspect of COVID-19 is that, I've already mentioned that, but there is an awareness raising of what it actually means to be exposed to the threat of an infectious disease. So I think the COVID-19 pandemic has this this possibility of of raising awareness of the of the importance of the fight against other diseases such as malaria so this might be a chance and it is it is whether it's a, whether it is a bump or a u turn is is difficult to answer today because as i already said we have a lack of data but there are some indications that malaria prevention programs were able to continue their efforts in light of the pandemic, despite the pandemic. And we also, we have, we've also seen some successes as, as El Salvador being certified as a malaria-free country. Of course, COVID-19 poses an, an additional burden, but that efforts can still, efforts to prevent malaria can still be continued. So it might be rather a bump than a U-turn, but, but it, is, it is difficult to say. What the COVID-19 pandemic shows is that what can be actually reached when all actors unify to work together to fight a pandemic. That has been shown during this pandemic when research institutions, for example, and public sector, everyone was like really eager to develop this vaccine, for example, and the vaccine has been developed with, within one year or less, even less than one year. So this has shown what actually can be done when all resources, global resources are harnessed. Also with regard, for example, to, to data collection, COVID-19, the pandemic has shown how important it is to collect accurate and timely data in order to respond to a pandemic. All these impacts can be also seen as a potential in the fight against other diseases. So if all global resources are harnessed to fight, um, to fight diseases, a lot can be achieved. Thank you so much, Julia, for sharing these important and invaluable insights in the fight against malaria. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much for having the, the opportunity to talk on this podcast. This was the Medicus Mundi Switzerland Health for All podcast with Gachin Weiss. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and on our website. To spread the message, please leave a comment on our website, share and like it. This was the first episode of the new malaria series. Stay tuned and watch out for the next episode where we dig even deeper into the impact of malaria, one of the deadliest diseases worldwide.